This is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Xanatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. I'm Daniel. And I've got a theory that Emperor Palpatine wore a robe because he was a big fan of hoodies originally in his youth. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, January 10th, and this is episode 134 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Gray Area Podcast. Last week, or five minutes ago... My God, stop it, Dungeon Master! Staring at me with laser eyes. I'm actually just listening and staring at the mug. <laughs> Last time... We had a harrowing journey through the woods, fleeing from a dragon who was quite interested in us, and I believe we're still fleeing at this moment. So, Dungeon Master, uh, catch us up on where we are currently, and you are a go. For an ultra-apex predator, you sure got away pretty easy. Uh, we're that good. Mm, yeah. Sounds like God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was true. He was totally scared. He, he, he was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. False bravado plus five. Nobody's actually asked to this point uh, what gender the voice is. Mm-hmm. Do we I do we particularly care? It's, it's a it's a dragon. Okay. No. Um. But yeah, uh, it appears to have um, taken a few of the gigas and whatsits from Caesar and one of the uh, clockwork soldiers. Nothing else appears to have been missing from your bags that you are aware of at this point in time. And you've decided to flee back in the direction of Winterhaven. According to Cesar and Xanatari, well, as far as they can see, the dragon has moved back towards the direction of the pyramid that they were going to be heading towards but are now fleeing from. We shall now pick this fight up in mid-ride with Xanatari. You guys have been riding now for... Let's say about half an hour. Okay. Um, what is the state of our mounts? Well, Clyde's more bred to um, strenuous effort and stuff, but this has been a pretty hard ride for him. He's pretty well-winded, and if you ride him for about five more minutes, he may go lame, and you have to put him down. Sanitary will, will ride for another ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you better have a substitute here. Uh, well, okay. Um, then I guess I'll slow down to walk. He more leisurely walk, so I don't lame my horse. And um, pull, you know, as close to the party as I can get. Um, are we now in the clearing? We've, we've made the woods. Um, you, have, you have fled the woods. You are now out in the open tundra. Okay. Then I will ride abreast of my uh, partners here and I guess, you know, just see what they're up to. Okay. You will note, by the way, that normally war horses are great at charging. 
Clyde's actually, even though he's dumb as bricks, did manage to carry you this far using some great source of energy internally. Clyde. So he, he is probably worth something at the moment. It's not that I dislike Clyde. He's taken us this far. I just know that he's not exactly a brilliant animal of hmm? deductive. Clyde is, like a, Clyde is like a dwarf. He's wasted over long distances. <laughs> Natural sprinters. Talk about laming a horse. He already is. <laughs> He's all lame all mm-hmm. the time. Yes, okay. I will uh, give Clyde attention and be praising him, patting his uh, his neck and, you know, petting his mane. As we... Meanwhile, he he ponders the universe. What <laughs> he does to ponder the complexities of the universe. Okay. He's like, is there more to this patting than, than it can first be read? Is this patting really a metaphor for our existence in this universe? Is a mere patter, a blink of a life, of a star. We're through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> Not that I would this know. Is a, this isn't water. It's a fine glass of water, yeah? <laughs> it's, uh, it's not water. It's something more potent. Vodka. Mm, Australian Great. water. That's because that's how classy we are. We drink them out of steel bottles. Why great white sharks are so strong? It's all the vodka in the water. You know, <laughs> we saw the menu. What did it say? Fizzy shit. That was the way that Australia classified champagne and other. <laughs> well, what else Wine do you call? Beer fizzy shit. That was well, what the... else do you call? What do you? What else do you call it? It's not a soft drink. Anyway. Okay, riding abreast of. Your compatriots. Yes, just checking, I guess, on their general state, observing them, uh, and then broaching the conversation very quietly that the dragon passed on a message as we left. It said, it'll be seeing us again soon. That doesn't sound ominous. No concern here. Uh, soon can't be. What's the saying? What's, I don't know. Soon can't be long enough? Yeah, soon can't be long enough. Dinner That's can't be soon enough? I, dinner dinner can't be soon enough. I agree, says oh, I'm hungry. How far out are we from Winterhaven? I'd like some food. You're probably about a day's ride out. Day's ride. Mm-hmm. How do people feel about making camp in the open so we can see what's coming at us? Well... Uh, on one hand, we can see what's coming at us. On the other hand, we can be roasted from uh, the air. I think. I think if our friend the dragon wanted to roast us, it would have done so by now. If you believe so strongly that this dragon has kind intentions, why are we riding for our lives? I don't think it's got kind intentions at all. I just don't think it's interested enough. What about what? What do you think? Says so, I mean. Do we make a camp? Um, all I saw was uh, um, the only time I saw the dragon. Well, Xanatari uh, <coughs> showed it, showed us what she saw, and then uh, I'm assuming it was off in the woods there when you were uh, staring it down with Fluffy, and then I saw it fly away. Um, it, it, you said it, it spoke to you somehow. I got, I'm assuming through your mind, and and said it will see us soon. Um, so. I I don't know. I, I think it will find us either if we make camp or if we continue to ride and, you know, basically ride our, run ourselves ragged. Unless there's a, a sheltered place nearby, I, I don't think we have much choice but to camp in the open. 
Okay. Sanitari, it's up to you. Uh, I vote for camp. I would like to camp uh, soon, but I think that we're too close. A half hour is, is moments for a flying dragon, and uh, it'd be nice if we could find some sort of rock or something that would be a little more sheltered and impenetrable to to such an overhead attack, if there is such a thing in this uh, tundra area. Well, we have the ruins of the ziggurat close by. We could take shelter in those. This is true. Okay. Does anyone want to go back there? You'd have to swing. You'd have to swing your course a bit, but yeah, it's definitely within rideable distance for you. Okay. Sounds fine um, to me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, getting our bearings again probably lead us back towards the ziggurat, which I believe would be north of us. It would be east. East. All right. We we ride east. Okay. okay. So, um, as you ride, is it a quiet ride? Well, um, are not very uh, energetic. I don't think we can actually ride, can we? We have to kind of walk. Well, well, we can just head in the direction until they're rested enough for us to keep going. But I mean, in in general, um, is there is there just movement to get there, or anything else in the meantime? I think while we're riding, I will be talking to different people. Like I think. Um, I'm going to probably ride next to Cesar and apologize that he's lost some of his items. Um, you know, that that must be upsetting to him to have to leave things behind and the urgency of running, especially when he hasn't really seen for himself what's happening. But, you know, I, I appreciate them trusting me and leaving as quickly as they did. Oh, well, uh, that shows that, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I we don't know the uh, the intentions of the, the, the dragon... But uh, there definitely was one, so uh, uh, we were right to uh, to you know leave at least for in the interest of self-preservation. So uh, no, I I I pick things up all the time. I I made sure to get the uh, the rarest bits uh, first, so I, I didn't leave anything behind irreplaceable. I don't think uh, though there were some a few things missing, which uh, again I'm not sure exactly where those went to. But uh, the only thing out of the ordinary that we were aware of was the dragon. So. Uh, I guess it maybe could have been uh, been it. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, but no, it's 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 fine. I'll uh, either uh, pick up. It was either a few spare parts and a few sort of hobbled together things. One thing that uh, Thorn was poorly creating while we were uh, waiting for you to come back from the woods. So uh, no loss there. Sorry, <laughs> would chuckle at his description of Thorn's poorly creating a um, tinkering and. I guess ask, you know, it, it seems odd to me that it would take these items, these these gadgets and gizmos, considering that my my assumption about dragons is that they don't make things, they don't have hands like we do, or they wouldn't build things. You know, what do you know about dragons? Do you have a guess why a dragon would take things from you? Well, I mean, uh, they're known to hoard uh, items of of worth. I mean, some of, I mean, the one of it took one of my uh, fully. Uh, completed creations, which if I, you know, do say so myself, is, is worth a bit, but, uh, it's not the typical gold and, uh, and jewels that you usually think of, but, uh, I've not really had too much, uh, interaction with dragons, none, none at all, really, so, uh, I mean, perhaps certain ones prefer certain things, or I, I, I really don't know, I also don't even know if it was the dragon, so, uh, just sort of, uh, whistling in the dark here, really. The dragon kept repeating pretty to me. It kept saying pretty and looking at things. 
it seems to be attracted to things it classifies as pretty. Uh, it, was it like at, at you? It was looking over my shoulder, and I'm not sure if it was looking at the the uh, direwolf cub or if it was looking at Bert. But it definitely seemed interested in Bert. It was holding him or restraining him in some way. When I was trying to call him toward me, he couldn't come. So I think Bert classifies as pretty, and either myself or the direwolf was of interest to it. Hmm. And when I left, it did say pretty one. I will see you soon. We need to talk again, essentially. Okay. I've... Sounds like you got a fan. <laughs> Stalker. And kind of I was looking. Uh, I'd be um I'd be tinkering with with the uh made creation that Cesar was teaching me with the parts that he thrusted into my arms, like taking bits and like sort of jamming them together to make them fit. Muttering curses under my breath, like, what? damn it, why won't this fit? <laughs> this experience is terrifying for Xenatari in the sense that we've done a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of adventures and a lot of, you know, really uh, epic adventures and, you know, danger and things of that nature. But this is the first time, I guess, that she's sort of faced the fact that, you know, being isolated from everybody else and all of that, that she could die. And if she does die, it's tragic not only because she's died, but because the purpose of her being out in the world in the first place is to gather these experiences for the Kalishtar. And, you know, there's been a lot of them that have been worthwhile to share. So having this, you know, kind of close near-death experience is, is made her more aware of the fact that she really needs to consider um, either being less dangerous in her work or going back and you know she's increasingly aware of the fact that she has to go back soon to the Kalishtar to offload these experiences because you know there's many reasons but the first one is that you know we are in dire circumstances quite a lot and all of our collective experience could be lost instantaneously so I guess this is an opportunity too that she's going to take to talk to Thorn and Cesar, who she's been holding back from as a kind of a objective observer and try to find out more about Cesar's people and where he's come from because she's never encountered, you know, someone like really hasn't had a close friendship with an older person like him and doesn't really know what, like where he comes from or what kind of, you know, circumstance would lead him to be doing this. Because the older people in her society sit around basically and just like share their experiences and kind of like help train people to go out into the world. So the fact that he's so active and so still experiencing these adventures is really strange to her. So I'm going to look at you, you know, Xanatari is going to look at you and kind of inquire as he disappears from Skype. That was weird. (laughs) There you are. Hello. I don't know what happened. (laughs) <laughs> just Skype decided to hang up on you. It was oh, boring. Yeah. Skype was like, no, boring. <laughs> boring. Anyway. Tell DNR, damn. So yeah, Senator's asking you, like, you know, where do you come from? What what are your what kind of people are are your race? Well, uh I'm I'm human. Uh so uh you've run into a lot of us, but uh I mean you you know a bit of my uh my situation before I uh, popped into your life, quite literally. Mm-hmm. I was uh, born into slavery. Uh, 
you know, uh, many of my people in, in, you know, in Thay, which is where I was born, all of my, uh, my people are, are, are born into slavery. The, the entire nation is, is ruled by the undead. So, uh, we're, uh, we are, you know, servants to them and, uh, uh, you know, in, in whatever way that might be, you know, they have a, a, a large army, the, you know, primary component of, of which is, is, uh, is slaves, uh, you know, uh, not all human, but, uh, you know, sort of like anywhere else in, uh, in the realm, uh, you know, uh, that's a large portion of it, but, uh, anything that's not undead is considered slaves. So there's an army and then, uh, every, uh, other type of, uh, you know, service that, that might be needed, uh, we, uh, we fulfilled, I, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have, you know, what you would call parents. I, you know, I was mothered and fathered, but, uh, we're all, all of uh, us are bred, uh, you know, very, uh, industrially. It's, a basically, uh, from a factory, uh, and we're, uh, you know, bred into various roles. I was one of the, you know, majority in, in the army, so I was, uh, raised that way and fought from quite a young age, uh, but eventually my, uh, certain, you know, skills that you've, you know, that I've hopefully been demonstrating to you rather well, uh, with, uh, tinkering, uh, sort of earned me a, a place of honor in a sense, uh, at least, uh, got me out of the, the grunt work of the army and, uh, made my way into sort of the, the inner sanctum of the leadership because I was, you know, in a sense, more than gifted with, with that type of thing. And, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I've told you before, you know, through, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, one of the, the head of the, the undead, she, uh, she sort of, uh, took me as her, her personal, uh, personal slave in terms of using my gifts. Uh, and one of the things she had me working on was, uh, a series of portals. She had one portal uh, in her chamber, essentially, and I was working on, uh, you know, finding ways to connect that to others. Uh, at this point, I was, it was just a, a few years ago now, and I was working on that for some time. Uh, but uh, eventually, she, uh, uh, not she, I, uh, you know, uh, while, you know, working on this purported task for her, I was really, saw this as my way out, and, uh, Things didn't quite go as I planned, but uh, I, I did get out, and it it took me uh, into the middle of into the midst of you. Uh, so uh, that's sort of where I came from. In terms of my my culture, there there really isn't one. Uh, uh, there, we're uh, tried to you know we're we're kept as uh, as uniform and and ununique as possible. So uh, you know, aside from oral traditions which are passed down. Uh, there's, there's not too much, uh, in the way of, of, you know, strong, uh, strong cultural, uh, uh, history, which, uh, I think is a lot of what you, uh, you, you value in culture and, uh, and, uh, curate as a, as a Kalishtar, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Xantari knows about the sort of end game of you mm -hmm. jumping through the portal. Uh, and such, but not really the fact that you were a soldier beforehand. And I guess um, that would be of interest to her, too, because, you know, you probably had, considering how old she is, probably you had, like, an entire lifetime of soldiering before then and a lot of experience, you know, with fighting. So she would ask you, you know, Cesar, what kind of 
What kind of soldier were you? Did you fight in battles? How many battles did you fight? Like, what kind of people did you did you attack? What is, what is that like? Well, it was mostly about expanding borders, uh, you know, or uh, or putting down rebellion within the state. Uh, so uh, it was often, you know, um, fellow slaves and things such as that. Uh, you know, I, I was never a, a part of 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 that movement. It, it never struck me as as very wise. So certainly noble, but. Uh, uh, not realistic. Uh, so, uh, you know, putting down rebellion, that was a, a large part of it, to be honest. But, uh, you know, uh, um, neighboring, uh, you know, uh, states and things such as that. There was a, a dwarven state nearby. Uh, that was a, a source of uh, of many battles. So we, we found ourselves up against them quite a number of times. Uh, you know, uh, we're all, uh, you know, uh, I was not, not too long... Um, you know, on the front lines, I'm not uh, a man of, of great physical strength. Uh, thankfully, I survived the, those times where I, I did find myself there. But uh, so, uh, you know, you, you see my uh, my uh, pr my predilection towards uh, a ranged weapon. That's uh, sort of where I ended up in the uh, uh, I was one of the you know ranks of crossbowmen and uh, trained myself there, which is why I, uh, I tend towards uh, or that type of combat now. Isn't it unusual, though, for you to take the initiative to try to escape? It sounds like what you're saying is your your people have been slaves for a long time. They seem to generally accept this condition, except for certain groups that are... You know, well, and none of us are, are, are happy about it and or, you know, mindless sheep. I mean, there are, you know, some that, that do so to, uh, to basically survive mentally. But, uh, no, I just, uh, I never thought it, it wise, the outright rebellion. So, uh... Uh, you know, I guess the, the one act of rebelling I did was uh, in my time in the army, you know, experimenting with uh, creating things. And that was what eventually got me noticed. I was uh, I was brought to the uh, to my eventual, uh, you know, solitary master. Uh, her name last name was uh, Sylora. And uh, she uh, rather than putting me to death on the spot, uh, recognized my talents and sort of uh, took me as her, her personal tool. And, uh, you know, that, at that point I was, uh, it was hard to keep track of years. It wasn't like we celebrated birthdays annually, but, uh, I was probably early mid thirties. Uh, so, uh, that's about how long it took me to, to formulate the plan to, to escape. It was nothing rash or, uh, or, uh, unplanned. I was working on that for, uh, uh over half of my life. My my escape so and it was nothing so grand as freeing my entire people either that's not a, a reality but i managed to get myself out um the concept of you know individualism would be foreign to Zanatari in many ways and she would wonder you know did you have you know says that you have plans of going back is there anyone that was that meant something to you there? Do you have, you didn't have parents in the sense they were saying you weren't raised by anyone in particular? Did you have, you know, a loved one or, you know, a mate or something that you plan to go back for? Is there anyone there that you cared for? Oh, well, uh, you know, there, it, it was hard. I, I really did try to keep myself uh, separated from, from those types of things just to, uh, to, uh, you know, be able to, to focus purely, you know, an, an escape plan for one is, is much simpler than, than for many. Uh, there was a uh, sort of a, a personal assistant with me that uh, I uh, did develop a, a you know uh, 
a relatively close bond with. Uh, she uh, actually was was. <laughs> This might sound a little cruel, but it, it, it was a, a bit more planned than that. She was part of uh, my uh, early uh, plans with the uh, the teleportation when we were we were younger, and uh, I uh, in couching it in experimenting with the uh, the tool for for my mistress, I uh, I used it on on her and sent her God knows where. Uh, so uh, hopefully she's somewhere else. I'm not. I'm not too sure. It was early on, but uh, I'm. I'm a s relatively certain that it was uh, uh, to uh, to somewhere safe, uh, somewhere uh, south southwest of the continent. I I hope. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, I uh, I was really focused on myself, just uh, just in terms of self preservation. But uh, if uh, I find the means, I I wouldn't mind going and. Uh, decimating the entire nation that would be uh, maybe maybe next week why don't we uh shoot for that <laughs> we do have a dragon after us after all yeah maybe we can uh let maybe uh, uh thorn can give it a, a funny name and it'll uh, you know you know join us and we can all jump on its back and uh decimate the the, the state of thay <laughs> i resent the way that you talk about me like that <laughs> Oh, you're proud of it. A little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so understanding says are just a little bit better at this point. Um, she will turn to Thorn and maybe ride a little bit behind Cesar, letting him lead just slightly and fall back to see what happens. Um... Thorn would probably drop back as well to uh, to talk with with Zanatari. Um, he'd turn to her and ask her, "Are you okay?" Uh, she would look at him, kind of analyzing, uh, you know, his demeanor and if he's serious, because it's difficult at times to determine, you know, if if Thorn is truly joking in his jovial way or if he's uh, actually legitimately, legitimately concerned. And say, you know, I've just been thinking uh, deeply about many things. Thinking, huh? Yes. Many things. Mm. One of them Anything being... Mm -hmm. uh, one of them being things that happened when we were in the Drow uh, Dominion and some of the after the aftermath of the Drow Dominion before we got to the the God of Death. Good times. Good, Good times. adventures. Yeah. At this point, I guess she would search through her pack. Dungeon Master, you told me to to tell you when I was looking for the amulet. Okay. You find the amulet, but attached to it is sort of a cardstock note. Um, it bears a sort of runic glyph on it, and it is folded. Okay. Uh, seeing this for the first time, I would open this up, and do I know what this runic glyph is? Um, you've seen it before. It's been on one of the caravans that have passed um, through town, but it's more of just kind of a, oh, wait, I think I've seen something like that. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like I'm just going to try to search my memory and see if I can recall what this means. Um, well, is, is it the cardstock? It's been folded, sealed, 
with the glyph, so you can oh, okay, break okay. the glyph. So it's, and then... it's like a signature of who sent it. Yes. So I know it's not from Thorn. Yes. Um, okay, well, I will break the seal. Okay. And look inside. Nothing blows up, but there is a... <clears throat> I don't know how to best describe it, but there is the most delicate script possible with blunted fingers as if like a dwarf or something um, that's not used to that level of fine detail was to try and, you know, write something out. Um, there was a note attached. Uh, it was called to hang on a second. My brain just utterly froze trying to figure that thing out. Um, translate it. Took a second or two. Yes. Uh, it had the jewel was calling out. This is what and, the note says, or is what you're yes. saying? Okay. No, it was the jewel was calling out, and some steps were taken to ascertain the gem, what the gem was doing. It's not hostile, but if wondering about its worth, it is indeed invaluable. Okay, this is Razor's heart, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And sort of a power source of its own. Yes. So I guess I would take it out and um, kind of glance at it in my hand, study it for a minute or two, and then turn and glance at Thorn, look at Thorn out of the corner of my eye, you know, while holding the jewel. One moment while I step in. Um, I'm trying to work in the portion where you asked for the gems to be appraised from the Christmas episode. But not because we don't know where the status of that dwarf character is. So you explained that I thought in the Christmas episode that it was worth a lot. Yada yada. There was another gem that I thought that you had pulled out aside from. Ah, yes, I had pulled out the amethyst from the eye of the hmm? um, elemental. Elemental. I did not inquire about the value you did, of you did not. So so therefore, I'm sort of playing it like somehow this thing was detected. Some thieves managed to get an idea, or somehow, somehow managed to check out what the gem was, and something was left. So the gem is gone. <laughs> no, 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 the gem, the gem is there. But the something was are really nice. They went in uh, and then evaluated the gem, left a, a, a chart of the clarity of the diamond, and then so left. Kind of, ba- yeah. Basically, basically, the dwarf's associates came in, borrowed the gem for analysis and then returned it to you without your prior knowledge. Yeah. Maybe with independent maybe with independent how studies the, were made. Uh, how the the thing is set or whatever, just someone looking at it that does a lot with jewelry or something would kind of have an idea as to what was maybe going on. Mm-hmm. But just another one of those side mysteries, but continue on. Sorry, hon. Okay. I, I- kind of figured that when I looked at it and had the Dwarven's symbol writing from the caravan that he had probably somehow nicked it um, and taken a look at it when I had handed him the, the eye of the elemental. So that's that's okay. Um, it was nice of him to assess it for me. Uh, the, I'm interested in the crying out aspect because if it's a somehow sentient gem, that would be interesting to know. But it's very fairly vague, so um, it doesn't change her perspective on it. So okay. Anyway, um yeah, I'd I'd glance over and I'd sort of start and surprise. I'd be like, "Oh, you um, found that, huh?" I'm yeah. 
Mm. The last time I believe we had had that gem interaction, like this is out of character, is uh, she had pulled it out of her pack and looked at it, and that was when you had betrayed her back in the uh, the drow area, and I think she threw it to the ground and then retrieved it later. So anyway, mm. back in character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't quite have uh, good memories attached to it. Surprised you still kept it. I wondered why you gave it to me, or why it was in my pack. What, what it was. I remember getting. Uh, I remember attacking Razor. I remember the battle. I remember Razor being uh, taken out of commission, and you taking the heart of Razor. But I don't know what this jewelry-making bit is, and I'm not sure why I have it in my pack. Um. D- I confess, I gave it to you. Um, I don't know how to say this. Uh, you are more than a companion to me. I don't have any family. Um, I don't know where I came from after meeting with uh, Harrison, um and finding out that you know, my entire life's mission and cult presence is a lie um, kind of made me evaluate or reevaluate what I've got with my companions with you guys and uh, yeah you're I've, I've come to to realize that you guys are more than just uh, just just party members especially yourself. Zanatari would recall that when you gave it to me the first time and she had found it and questioned you about it, you had said something about um, sign of your goodwill or sign of your friendship. or There was something that you said that I remember her taking offense at, and I can't remember the exact terminology of it. Um, yeah. I don't quite remember it either. Yeah. Okay. Um, she remembers you talking to um, there's a dune about your back history and you know the concept of your clan and all that stuff and uh, I guess touched by what you said she would inquire you know about your family and why why you don't have a family why we are considered your family um I was young when I wandered away from my pack and uh, needless to say tribal tribal shifters aren't the best parents um, the way that we live or what I remember from it at least anyway is that you know um, we're more akin to the animals that we we represent and uh, if uh, one of us goes missing um Generally, the, the consensus is that they're presumed dead, and the pack moves on. What are you going to do I, now, uh, though, that everyone, that you found out that this cult that adopted you isn't isn't what you thought? Well, my intention is to seek down every last one of them and kill them. They, uh, they gave me some valuable skills. I lived most of my life as a thief, and uh, it's come in handy a, a lot. Um... You know, uh, real handy. Uh, they've taught me some really valuable skills, but they lied to me for most of my life. 
that's uh it's not something you can forgive so easily. When do you plan to do this? Whenever I find them. Whenever I encounter them. Um, so as you stumble I, across them, you're not going to seek them out individually? There's no... These cultists are master of deception, of of the hidden path. You know, I could seek them for an eternity and, and never find them, not without information or them setting up a meet point. I was the... Um, I was the... Basically, I, I never had direct interaction with with the cultists unless they basically came to me. Um, I I don't know where any of their their bases are. I only have you know drop points that we would frequent, and with everything that's happened and everything that's going on, I can I can probably safely assume that they're all abandoned. I won't find anything there, so I've got nowhere to start. And no way to to find them. I mean, I'll I'll hunt for information. I, I'll I'll will not rest until until they're dead, and until the the cult leader, especially the one that um found me and and took me, uh, is dead. But until then, um, I go where you go. Did Thorn ever uh, refresh my memory, Dungeon Master? Did Thorn acquire a rod of Orcus, and does he still have it? Um, because I thought he did get one, and I'm just not sure what happened to it. We're not there sure. There was one that I. Ooh. There was one mm-hmm. that I had, which I um I put my hand to the portal where everything changed, but I don't think I ever got another one since then. I thought you had one you disappeared from Winterhaven to pass it off to the cultists, and I'm not sure if you did give it to them, because there was a time when we were in town and you you went on an unexpected trip. I don't think he... Yes. He did, gi- he did give... Um, he did give what appeared to be the Rod of Orcus to the cultists. I think later on he found that, wait, there's another rod... And I think he learned that sometimes these are either seeded out into the world or there's a number of fakes. So he's not sure. I think the question, I think the question at one point was raised if they knew that they had gotten a fake or not, but Thorne was already gone by the time that they had figured that out. Okay. I think, I think as far as Thorne is concerned, he did give one back. Okay. Um, Xanatar has an issue with him betraying the party for these cultists and understanding that they're his family and this sort of happened and we never really addressed it so much other than she was angry at him for a while. Like, I guess at that point we were dealing with Tharza Dune and then going back to Winterhaven and then dealing with the, the druids, but, you know, there's a certain level of trust that has to be there for the party to function well and, um... She's been kind of mad at him since then. So, I mean, I guess that at, in character, Zenatari would say, you know, you betrayed us for these cultists. You know, how can, how can I believe that we're your family now or that you have feelings for us? I can only do what any rational person would do for family. 
I did what I felt was right for family that I knew at the time. And there are many a times where I could have left having fulfilled my my duty and fulfilled my, my role until I awaited further orders from from those that I thought were close to me. And uh, I didn't leave. I, I, I didn't part ways with you. I didn't disappear into the night. I have those skills. I'm capable of doing so. Uh, and I have chosen not to. I've I've stayed by your side through the decimation of drow cities and you know the death of older gods and and all that. I think if that no, if I was to ever have a defense, then that that would be it. Well, since then, there's been many incidents where Xanatar has had to trust him, like to cut her down from the tree, various other things. So I guess um, you know. She's pretty much accepted that as as the explanation, but just wanted to hear it maybe a second time. So hearing all this and realizing that Thorne and Cesar both have very individualist tendencies, they don't really have any attachment to a family. They don't have like a racial attachment at all. Um, she's sort of in this dilemma where she's now at the point where She's supposed to be a neutral observer, but she's starting to care for these people, been with them for a while, and is having trouble maintaining neutrality, and yet realizes that when I go back to the Kalashtar, I'm going to give all these experiences to the collective, and they will not be objective anymore, because Thorn is the first razor claw shifter that I've encountered, and my experiences of him are going to be skewed by my feelings and obviously non-neutrality as it's becoming more obvious that that's not going to be able to be maintained. And Cesar as well, you know, being very individualist and not having like those connections to his people, um, you know, there's a certain understanding of humans that's coming from him too. So making a decision that she needs to, that she wants to become more selfish in some cases and more individualistic um, and not worry about maintaining neutrality. She comes to a decision where she has to go back and and share these racial memories so that she can become, you know, more attached and more free, in a sense, to to be a part of the party and not just a walking, uh, you know, journal. So you decided to continue on your rumspringer. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, the English ways have won you over. Right. Uh, the jeans. It was the jeans and the haircut. <laughs> so um, that is in her mind now as the next destination after we've managed to free ourselves and possibly survive this dragon uh, invasion. So internal, out-of-character info. Um, how far away from the ziggurat? Probably about a half hour ride. At this at this point, after all the talking and stuff. Sure. Um. However, uh, I I guess she still quite hasn't answered my question, and and I turn back to her and I ask, uh, Zanatari, are you okay? And then I suppose she would say, uh, I need to go back to my people, and. If I'm going to be a true member of this party, if I'm going to be part of your family, if I'm going to allow myself to be 
truly experience life, I need to go back now. And, you know, the experiences that we've shared and that I carry are too valuable to, to lose in a dangerous escapade. And I don't want to become that person that has to live the neutral life in order to protect that information. Then we should go with you. I will tell you guys now about the, uh, sort of guiltily about the direwolf cup and how I saw a crate come in from the Kelishtar and I guess it just share the note. Do I have the note with me? You will have the note. Um, in character, it's fine if you wish to presume that it was the Kalishtar that sent, uh, did the airdrop. Well, That's since perfectly it's in fine. Kalishtar, right? That would be my assumption. That it was yes, I'm, Per- per- perfectly perfectly within within character on that uh yes you would have the note and as you were pulling it out and starting to think about the box you would have realized um in the back of your mind there was some sort of writing when the box was tilted mm-hmm. upright by the uh, under another side by the dragon there was some sort of writing there okay did um, i get a yes. good look to kind of guess what it said or no no okay but um you do have your note Okay, I would pass the note to Cesar, who I feel is more educated, and pull out my wolf cub and kind of play with it while I let him read. By the way, Xanatari, um, you put the collar on the cub. Hmm. The cub is still small, but the cub is actually a little bit bigger than it was when you okay. um, put it away. Concerned so that I'm gaining weight, I would take it out and go, this feels much tighter. <laughs> Cesar looks at the note and says, I, I can't read this. This looks like a, some sort of chicken scratch to me. <laughs> I would explain to him what it says in Kalishtar. Oh. What does it say? What I don't does remember. it say? I don't really remember. <laughs> 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 it says something like, the, you know, this is what? I think that was a sandwich. Will you go to the dance with me? Check your Sorry, I was... A uh, Thorin had posted a picture um, off in a link, and I was over there, and I had Skype muted, so sorry about that. Um, Even the dungeon master is web surfing during this episode. <laughs> what? Hey, I wanted to see what it was. He doesn't post a link that often. Um, the The message was that um, your people are looking for you, or just sort of a non non guilt trip. Um, Hey, thinking about you, reaching out to you, just to try and see if you're okay. Just some sort of connection thing. It's a, it's, it's a Hallmark card, for lack of a better thing. But it is a tradition that is known to be sent out to those who wander outside of the Kalashtar lands and stuff. Um, there's nothing dire about it or nothing unexpected in terms uh-huh. of the wording where it's like, okay, your Aunt Sally just wiped out one of the communities because she sneezed. You know, it's one of those things. Um, it doesn't explain the wolf whatsoever as to why it's there. It's like a, a coming-of-age thing. You're, you're now 160 years old. Here's a puppy. But, um, <laughs> watch, just a puppy. One of the things is, is that the crate that the puppy came in does not... Bear the hallmarks of, uh, there's that hallmark word again. Hey, um, doesn't bear the craftsmanship <laughs> of the, of the uh, Kalishtar. So I'm going to mute again. 
There you go. Cesar, uh, I translated that to you. <laughs> wow, they put a lot on this card. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to take the card from her and turn it over and just make sure that there is, like, more writing. I'm like, I'd like, no, I'm like, that's, uh, that's, is this, is this like Chinese? I've heard about this language. They they use like multiple words or symbols for words. Multiple words. <laughs> wow, that's an advanced language when you use multiple words. So is this uh, this this dire wolf cub? Is this some sort of uh, uh, part of your your heritage, your tradition? What uh what's the meaning of the of the pup? Uh, it's not something that we have uh, as people all the time, but we know what they are. They're from a land close to us. It's not uh, traditional to, you know, gift a pup or something of that nature. I, I don't understand the connection of the direwolf to this this package at all. Uh, I can make up some assumptions that maybe they want to protect me. They're giving me this, but I, I don't really understand. It's not a traditional uh, item for us. Hmm. Well, what are you going to do with it? Mm, I guess make it a pet. Have it take care of it, and maybe it will warn us when things come in the night. Or, you know, maybe it will be good for protection in some way. So they try to protect you by making you... Are they trying to teach you the lesson of responsibility here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with a puppy. This is the goldfish of the Kalashtar. <laughs> the dire wolf. The dire wolf of the Kalishtar. If you keep the goldfish alive, we'll move on to a cat. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with that. Can I step in for just a moment? Mm. Um, Xanatari, would there be a, lack of a better term, a pet name or a a name that you would be known as affectionately within the village that you grew up in? Well, zany. <laughs> um, I guess Re. Okay. That would actually be on, when he flips over the card, that would be on the other side as sort of a authenticator in addition to the script. Um, saying the word, I'd point to it. Does that say sandwich? And I would look at him very seriously and say, yes. Oh, you you have some marvelous people. <laughs> it's one of our main, <laughs> the main words of our language. It, it's very it's an adjective and an adverb. Hey, he says, look what I made. Look, I sandwiched uh, you this wolf, and. Uh, very advanced people. Sandwiching, that's very advanced form of transportation, I believe. This wolf was sandwiched inside this crate. <laughs> we put some foam, we put the puppy, then we put some more foam on it, and then condense the box. Anyway. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're headed back home? Eventually, after we go back and report the Ziggurat adventure and hopefully get safely back home where the dragon can't reach us. Just to clarify, Zanatari, nothing has been said about the airship, correct? No, other than, well, I mean, they know it came from the sky. It was dropped, you know, 
with some sort of a parachute. But are, I are, are, you, are you are you telling them in character that it was dropped, or are you just saying that hey, you found it and it appeared? Or I think there's a, I think they're at the point where there was a crate, but I don't know if they've up to the up to them. If I, they yeah, care. I don't see why I would tell them. There's nothing secret about that. We've seen this this airship before. Okay, I think uh, you and Cesar have. Okay, I would say to Cesar, do you remember when we were uh, in the field at one time, right after I had finished interrogating the drow, and uh, we were running through the field, and we saw that strange mechanical device flying through the air? I, I do remember that, though. That was right after I met my future self and your future self, so it was kind of lost in the shuffle. But, uh, yes, I, I think there was... Wasn't there a, a, a dragon at that point, too? There was. Uh, this mysterious device was also flying, and it dropped the crate. Hmm. Uh, do you, and it, that what, back then it it what chased off the dragon, fought, fought, battled the dragon, and it chased it off, or something like that, right? I think so. Yes, the dragon did not attack when it showed up. You got a, a closer look at the, the dragon this this time than I did. Was do you think it it could have been the the same one? I don't remember the coloring very well or, or whatnot, and I didn't get a close look at this one. I just remember riding really quickly at that point. Uh, I don't really remember what it looked like. I mean, Dungeon Master, what, did, was there a color described? Was it green? That one was a red. It came up over um, as you guys were riding down into mm -hmm. a valley. It came over the rise at low altitude and started blasting um, orcs that were the orc horde that was coming over the hill behind you guys and toasted that group. Um, it in the airship didn't actually fight directly, but that was a different color dragon, at least as far as... You saw a lot of fire. Okay, then I would tell Cesar that it was a different color. It was not the same dragon. Mm. Okay. So I don't think that the dragon appeared because of their ship, or that's that they somehow are together in some way. But so just a coincidence that they both showed up at the same time, then? Maybe. Maybe. I. Where am I in all of this? I. Why am I not saying these fantastical things? Oh man. You, you were. Were you sneaking at that point? I don't remember why you didn't see the dragon in there. I, I remember seeing a dragon. I remember seeing a dragon fly overhead, and following it out into a boulder field. Right. Yeah. That... Or seeing at least a a shadow of of something. But this this flying mechanism that you you're talking about mm -hmm. sounds amazing. Says so build. I didn't. Can you build one? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it looked like something I'd love to build. Uh, and uh, and right after meeting future me, I had a thought that it, it could have been my work. Uh, but I, I can't say for sure. I, I didn't get a close close look at it. So uh, it may just be... Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't. This direwolf could have been from Future Me, except usually we sign things. Every time we've gotten a gift from Future Us, it's been pretty obvious that that's what it's from, and, you know, some sort of extreme method of, of knowing that. Future Orn? Me must be a jerk, because he doesn't send me anything. <sighs> I think, Thorn, this is, might be your first time of hearing that they've met their future selves. Uh, yeah. Point to Xanatari. 
I believe the crate was marked with your symbol, but it was a more advanced symbol. But I would agree it may not be like a marking that you would recognize as from yourself, but it did bear, the crate did bear your marking. Okay, so uh, uh, you guys met your future selves? Ah, do you remember that, Cesar? When we met our future selves and they said something about Thorn. Am I dead in the future? I don't remember them saying anything about Thorn, but I just might not remember. I was more kind of fascinated with the idea of of speaking to myself. But we, we didn't tell you this, Thorn? We really don't talk much, do we? <laughs> no. No. I mean, I, I guess there's been some stuff going on, but that's wow. Am, am I am I dead in the future? This no, one? we were there, and uh, I think Sanitary of the Future, Future Sanitary, laughed and said something about that you were going to do something very. There was something about discipline, or um, you know paying for your actions or something similar to that, as though you had been naughty but were still around and still part of the party. I didn't pay attention to that at the time, but it makes some sense now. Uh, I don't remember. Why weren't you listening? Why? What, what, what well, were you doing? There was a mechanical squirrel and a future people and a rainbow bow and shooting. And me- me- a mechanical squirrel? And a flying machine? I mean, there what? was some... Thi- where, where the hell was I? Where was... Maybe, maybe where, stealing where things was... to re- return to your secret cult? <laughs> yes! That that could be where you were. I don't like I don't like your tone, Cezor. It's not a tone. It's a flat-out accusation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more, more than just a tone. Weren't you... Uh, I've changed Fluffy? my ways. Weren't you on Fluffy pretending to be a drow at that point? I thought you were um, leading the drow astray by pretending to be a drow until they got close enough to you to recognize that you were not drow. So that's what you were doing while we were getting into position to cover you, and then while we were getting into position, Future Us showed up, and then all Dragon showed up when the drow started going for you. If I recall the so episode, they do listen on occasion. <laughs> episode? That was good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Don't now you know that there's a godlike me. voice that speaks to us every once in a while and it announces we are in an episode? Don't you hear that? Zanatari, I'm worried about you. <laughs> you never talk think- to me. I think the stress of the situation has finally gotten to you. I think we need to take a rest. <laughs> that, that reminds me, Cesar. Who do you keep saying hello to? See? <laughs> who, who is this you're speaking to? You keep, uh, I'm glad... It has to be someone to, to, to take us out, Sanitari. I find that rather threatening. What? Yeah, why? Who? What is... What are you guys <laughs> doing? <laughs> A group of the bad men and women, and you call me insane. Ah, <sighs> oh, uh, hey, look, there's a block. <laughs> Sanitary, orchestrate the hit on your fellow party members. Huh? Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> Time to take us out. <laughs> no, no. Whenever, whenever, you, whenever you guys are, whenever you guys are good, uh, keep going as long as you want. But whenever you guys are good, just go ahead and. 
Okay. Do your things. After telling Thorn this, do you want to just end the episode and he can reply with his incredulity later? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I say, if you want to reply with your incredulity, go right ahead. You what? Dragons? Ashen crates? I crates? crates. That's, That's what you're going to yell. Future people? Crates? I, I just... <laughs> mind is blown. I, 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 I'm not even sure how to react. Just like... Man, you guys have all the fun. And we arrive at the ziggurat. You arrive at the ziggurat, but uh, remind me next time, and I'll try to remember myself, that there is something that you spy coming in this particular direction um, that may be of interest and benefit to all three of you. But Is it another airship? Is it coming from the sky? Nope. Okay. But there's loot. Uh... Based on the wonderful job tonight and uh, Zenitari's memory, level 14, please, for next week. Let's all Nicely forget. Done. I'm not going to forget. Uh, it'll be a three to be honest. It'll be nine episodes, and suddenly somebody will be like, oh, I did it. Right. All right. Oh, you'll be proud of me. I'll do it next week. I'll have it done. We'll see. I'll do it right now. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews and relationships between gamers at genesee.com. Stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels. And thank you for sticking with us, chat room. See you next Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern.